someone say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. It's, amen. I'm going to invite you to stand with me this morning. Amen. As we go to the word of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to direct your attention, if you will, to the book of Isaiah chapter 38. And beginning with verse number one. Isaiah chapter 38. And verse number one. Amen. It's good to be in church on Sunday morning. I'm thankful, amen, for uh, those that have paved the way, amen, for me to be in church. Amen. I'm thankful, amen, for a a mother and a father that brought me to church and sometimes made me come to church when I didn't want to come, but they taught me how to be faithful to the things of God. Amen. Thankful for heritage that's taught me how to pray. Amen. Even when I didn't want to pray. Amen. Uh, that lifestyle of prayer has helped me immensely through the years. Uh, Isaiah chapter 38, verse number 1, it says, In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Amen. What a report. I hope I don't get that report one day, but if I did, God's setting me up. Amen. Uh, Verse 2 says, Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, How I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Amen. From here we can gather that Hezekiah knew how to pray, knew how to talk to God, knew how to get God's attention. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days fifteen years. And I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city. Amen. If you have to turn the page, let's turn to verse 20 of the same chapter. Verse 20 of the same chapter, Isaiah 38 says, The Lord was ready to save me. Therefore will... We sing my songs to the stringed instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. For Isaiah had said, let them take a lump of figs and lay it for a plaster upon the boil and he shall recover. Hezekiah also had said, what is a sign that I shall go up to the house of the Lord? But verse 20 is where I'm going to focus my text uh, for this morning service. It said, the Lord was ready to save me. Amen. The Lord was ready to save me. If you uh, would uh, do me the favor, amen, turn a couple more pages in your Bible to the same, the same book. But Isaiah chapter 59 and verse number 1. Isaiah 59 and verse 1. It says, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Amen. And just for a few moments today, 
I want to preach on this thought. God is not reluctant, but he's ready. God is not reluctant, but he's ready. Amen. Would you set your Bible aside and help me pray and ask the Lord to speak to your heart and to anoint my lips of clay. God, we come before you on this Sunday morning. We are in the presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I pray, God, that the anointing of the Holy Ghost would be upon every child of God. Those listening here in person, those, Lord, online at home. I pray, God, that you would touch every heart and every mind. I pray that you would anoint your servant, God, as a humble vessel of clay, Lord. I pray that you would use me for your glory and for your honor. God, turn the hearts of your people to you, God, and help us to see you as you really are today and not as the enemy would portray you to be. And we'll give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated. Hallelujah. There are so many grand attributes of God that we know from Scripture. Amen. We know from Scripture that He is the all-powerful or the omnipotent God. We know from Scripture that He is the omniscient God or the all-knowing God. Amen. We know from Scripture that He is the omnipresent God or the one that is everywhere at the self-same time. The Bible tells us that He is the almighty God. He has all power. He has all might. It's in His hands. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that I am the Alpha and the Omega, or in the Greek, it is the A to the Z. Amen. And everything that you would need in between. He said in the book of Revelation, I am the beginning and the ending. I'm the first and I'm the last. From Scripture, we know that He is the all-wise God and that there is no counsel against the Lord. There is no wisdom against the Lord. There is no ploy against Him. And there is no plot against Him that can overcome Him because He is the all-wise God. From Scripture, we understand that He is the just God. Amen. In other words, He gives everybody a fair shake. Everybody gets a fair opportunity and a fair chance to serve Him and to live uh, for Him. We know from Scripture that He is the righteous and a holy God. Amen. So much so that the Bible says that the angels can't even look upon Him, but with their wings they cover their face, and with their wings they cover their feet, and they cry out, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. The earth is full of His glory. Amen. To the Holy Ghost-filled believer today, He is the indwelling Spirit. Amen. And through the gift of the Holy Ghost, we become holy. Amen. I'll say that again so you get it today. Through the infilling of the Holy Ghost, we become holy. Hallelujah. We become holy because the Holy God of Israel steps inside of you and I and lives out His will through us. This is the reason that we abstain from certain things in this world is because we are holy. Amen. We've been called to be a holy and separate righteous people. Amen. Because the Spirit of God that lives within us is holy and He makes us holy. Amen. We don't want to displease Him who lives in our house or in our vessel or in our person because as we know that the house is the reflection of the occupant. Amen. The house 
on the outside is a reflection of the occupant on the inside. In other words, amen, your outward appearance gives away what's really inside of your heart, what's really inside of your life. Hallelujah. Let me stop here for a moment and tell you today. Amen. You can tell, amen, where somebody is lots of times by looking on the outside because it gives away what's on the inside. Hallelujah. The house is a reflection of the occupant. Somebody say amen. Amen. The other thing that God is, one of His great and grand attributes is that He is love. Hallelujah. He is the personification of love. God doesn't have love. Amen. God is love. He is love. And from Him outflows love. Amen. From Him and Him alone, amen, can we love one another. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth. Hallelujah. And finally, amen, as it relates to this message here this morning, He is ready. Someone shout ready. ready. He is ready. Amen. He doesn't have to get ready. Amen. He's not getting ready. He already is ready. He is ready when we are not ready. He's ready to work in your life when you're not ready for Him to work in your life. He's ready even when you're still getting ready. He is ready. He's ready to move in somebody's life. Here this morning. God is not surprised, amen, on this Sunday morning, amen, by the antics of Satan. God is not surprised, amen, by the, uh, by the things from sinners' lives. And furthermore, God is not surprised, amen, by the actions and behaviors of fellow saints. So many times that we are surprised, amen, when Satan or sinners or saints do us wrong or things go sideways. God is not surprised by all of these things, amen, when you fall in the mud and you have a bad day. Hallelujah. When you fall in the mud and you have a bad day and Satan jumps up and begins to start accusing you to the Lord. Amen. God isn't surprised by that. Hallelujah. When you go through the course of your day and you mess up. Amen. And things have happened in your life and, and, and things are not what you thought they would be. And you are you feel surprised and you feel bewildered by the things that have happened and transpired in your life. God is not surprised by it. Some may say, well, why didn't God stop uh, me from falling into sin? Why didn't God prevent that person uh, from killing my spirit? Why didn't God prevent uh, this from happening or this accident from taking the precious loved one in my life? Or, or why didn't God stop this from happening and the hurt from coming my way? Hallelujah. It's one thing to believe He's a healer. And it's another thing to believe that He's the resurrection. Because God allows you to see both sides of Him in the different situations and scenarios of your life. When you pray, God, would you heal my body? And God doesn't heal your body. Amen. Such as Lazarus in the Bible. Would you touch Lazarus? God, he's dying. He's on his deathbed. And God says, I want you to see another side of me. That I'm not just a healer, but I'm also the resurrection. Hallelujah. He is powerful enough, amen, to stop us from falling. But He is much greater than that. 
Because after you've made a mess of things in your life, and after you've gone down the wrong path, tie time or two, and things are all muddied up, and things are all distorted, and, and things are messed up in your life, and it, it's, it's just a chaotic situation, and you're saying, why didn't God stop me from falling to sin? Because God is able, amen, to speak a word into your life, and He's able to pick you back up out of the muck and out of the mire of sin. And God wants to reveal to you that He He has the power to, to put back together with the things that you've messed up and the things that you've destroyed. Right, Hallelujah. As we mentioned a moment ago, that's why He let Lazarus die. He could have stopped him from dying. He could have prevented Lazarus' ailment that took his life. But He wanted His disciples. He wanted His disciples to see that He was the resurrection. He was the life. He was the resurrection. He wasn't just a great physician, but he was greater than failures. And he was greater than death. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me tell you today that failures in your life are allowed by God. God allows failures in your life because he wants to show you another side of him that says, I can work with what you've got left. Amen. I can work with the mess in your life. I'm ready to step in on a moment's notice and fix your mess, fix your situation. Hallelujah. He's ready. We, we read from our opening passage of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 38 of Hezekiah. Amen. As the prophet Isaiah showed up in Hezekiah's life and said, Set your house in order, sir. Uh, you're going to die. Amen. Your days are numbered. God's fixing to take your life. And it was just in the moment. The Bible says that Hezekiah set his face toward the wall. And he began to weep. And he began to cry. And he began to remind God of all the things. Amen. That he had done in his life for the Lord. And the Bible says that God spoke. Amen. To the prophet Isaiah and said, Speak to my servant Hezekiah. And tell him I'm going to give him 15 more years. What that tells us and what that reveals to us is that God was ready to work in Hezekiah's life if Hezekiah would just reach out to God and say, God, I need you in my life. There's folks here today under the sound of my voice. Hallelujah. That you may say, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. But it doesn't change the fact today that our God is ready to work in your life. Our God is ready to step in on your behalf. Our God is ready to work for you. He's ready to work in your life. Hallelujah. God is never reluctant. We've talked about the things that God is. But one thing that he's not is he's not reluctant. He's not hesitant. He's not adverse to you. He's not opposed to, amen, working in your life. God, amen, contrary to popular opinion, God doesn't have to be persuaded. He's never reluctant. But here even on this Sunday morning, he's ready to heal. He's ready to help. He's ready to bless. He's ready to save. He's ready to restore. He's ready to encourage. All you've got to do is be like Hezekiah and say, God, I need you right now in my life. I don't like the cards that I've been dealt. I don't like the situation that I'm in. But if I reach out to you, there's a God in heaven that stands on the cusp of my miracle and is ready to intervene in my life. Hallelujah. I'm thankful.
thankful to God that He's here today to work in somebody's life. He's not reluctant. Some may say, well, I've messed up. I've done some bad things. I'm a bad, bad dude. I'm a bad, bad girl. I've been inconsistent. There's things that have happened in my life and and that I'm embarrassed of and I have shame in my past. And and things are not, things are so convoluted. and, And I don't know how I could ever make my way. I don't know how I could ever get to where God wants me to be. And so we, we sit back on the sidelines and we're, we relegate ourselves to just watching everybody else in church have their blessing. Everybody else in church be blessed and have a touch of God. Everybody else in church, amen, be ministered to and God help them. And we sit back and say, well, I'm not ready. I just, I got my reasons, preacher. If there's one thing that Ecclesiastes, that book in our Old Testament teaches us, it's that there's nothing new under the sun. Ecclesiastes says that that there's nothing new under the sun. Hallelujah. Any crud, any garbage, or any mess that you've been through, any offense that you've been through, every, every betrayal that you've been through, every sin that you've fallen into, all the things that have happened in your life up to this point. The Bible says that there's nothing new under the sun. And if somebody else can deal with the same, the very same situation, the very same temptation, if somebody else can deal with the very same offense, if somebody else can deal with the very same sickness, if somebody else can deal with the very same disappointment and overcome, then you can overcome too. And you can make it with the Lord. And God can help you to be victorious. You say, well, my situation's different. Amen. You don't know what happened and how it made me feel. And the disappointment and the confusion in my mind and all the turmoil in my family. You don't know what I'm dealing with. Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. And it doesn't minimize your situation. It doesn't mean that your situation means nothing. But what it tells you and I today is that you can overcome. You can make it. You can make your way back to God. There's been countless backsliders that have made their way from an apostolic altar with lots of water under the bridge and lots of things that have happened. And they still have made a point and said, God, you've got to help me today. Not tomorrow. Not next month. Not next year. But today. Today, God, today, today. And that God that I'm preaching about is ready here this morning. He's ready to do all of these things. He's not unwilling to work in your life. He's not unwilling to heal you. He's not opposed, amen, to restoring, amen, your walk with God. Amen. God is not reluctant, amen, to heal your body. God's not reluctant to save your soul. God's not reluctant to encourage you. But God stands ready to help somebody today. Hallelujah. God stands ready to help somebody today. Anything that seeks to stop your walk with God, amen, or stop your journey from going forward and and knowing the Lord and being closer to Him, amen, somebody else has had the same thing happen to them. Somebody else has had the same thing happen to them. And if they made it, you can make it. But a lot of times, we let the devil convince us That he has more power than he actually does. And we let the enemy talk to our lives. And we let him condemn us. And we let him stop us from ever making our way to an altar. And 
throwing our hands up in the air and falling to our knees and saying, God, would you help me? Because the devil will lie to you and say, you little hypocrite, you did that last week. Look how good it did you this week. Look at the failures and the mistakes. And the devil condemns you and he binds you up and he says, don't make it. Amen. Don't give your heart to God because I'm going to wreck your life again. I'm going to destroy your life again. But the devil doesn't have the power that he convinces you he has. He doesn't have nearly the amount of power to do what he says he's going to do in your life. You take a look at the book of Esther and the man by the name of Mordecai who was hated by that wicked Haman. And the Bible says that Haman looked at Mordecai and he wouldn't bow down to him like everybody else in the kingdom. And as Haman would go through the city, amen, Mordecai wouldn't bow down. He said, I'm not going to make obeisance to you. I'm not going to humble myself before you. I'm only going to bow before the Lord. And Haman saw that and he, he, it made him angry. It made him wroth with him. He, was, he, was, he despised Mordecai. In his heart, the Bible says that he talked to his wife. And his wife said, You ought to build a big gallows. You ought to build this massive gallows. You ought to build this big contraption by which you can hang Mordecai on and kill him and terminate his life. And Mordecai may have thought, Man, that guy is second in command. That guy's got lots of power and influence, and he's got the ability to get away with crime. Amen. Because it's not a theocracy. It's 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 a different kind of government and he can do whatever he wishes amen but Mordecai lived under the laws of God hallelujah he had a relationship with his God and though the enemy tried to convince Mordecai he had the power to kill him Mordecai remembered and realized that I can pray and I can fast and I can talk to the king and God can take care of the situations in my life but Mordecai didn't stop living for God Mordecai didn't give in to the pressure and the fear and the worries and the anxiety that would have been prevalent upon anybody else in a situation. Hallelujah. Because Mordecai had, amen, a close relative by the name of Esther. And the Bible says that Esther was the queen over this kingdom. And here's another example that God is not reluctant, but He's ready. Because Esther... Upon the advice of her, uh, her close family member, Mordecai, Esther approached the throne room of the king uninvited, which was punishable by death if the king did not hold the scepter and allow her to come in. But in that moment, amen, as Esther, as Esther walked into the throne room of the king, amen, the Bible says that nearly the first thing that was said to Esther was I'll give you the half the kingdom. She hardly even presented her case before the king. Amen. She hardly even presented her case before the king when the king said, I'll give you everything. I'll give you half the kingdom. And it shows to us, it reveals to us that God is not reluctant, but he's ready. All he's saying is, just come down to an altar. Just just slip up your hand and reach out to me. I'll, I'll touch you. I'll take care of everything. And you're, you're wondering, amen, how, what words are we going to say to the king? How am I going to present my case? And when the fact of the matter is, just show it up before the king and then present yourself, amen, the king is already ready to give you the answer to your request. This king gave permission to Esther before he even got the request. 
Amen. Because of her relationship to the king. She didn't have to beg him. She didn't have to plead with the king. She had a relationship with the king. And she could walk into the throne of the king. And the king was ready to bless her. The king was ready to give her the desires of her heart. Amen. Let me tell you today the importance of your walk with God. The importance of your prayer life. The importance of a relationship with God. Is you can get into your prayer closet. You can walk in and you can say, it's me, Sister Gutierrez. And God says, I'm going to give you whatever you need today. It's me, Brother Paul. And God says, what do you want, Brother Paul? I'll give you half the kingdom. And we're thinking, I've got to convince God. Or maybe it's a sinner or a backslider or somebody that said, God, I'm a dirty, rotten, filthy sinner. And God says, I'll take care of everything. You don't have to have it all figured out. I'll take care of it. This king, amen, represents on this specific example what our Heavenly Father is like. Get into his presence. He'll take care of your situations. Get into his presence. He'll take care of your, amen, issues and circumstances. You've got a father in heaven, the Bible says, that knows what you have needed before you ask. And do you think for one moment that he would do anything less than this king did for Esther? This heathen king, this king of unrighteousness, and yet the God of heaven, amen, we walk into his presence. God is willing to give you what you have need of today. Amen. David did not have to beg for forgiveness for his sin with Bathsheba, Uriah's wife. But he just had to get honest with God. David just had to get honest with God. Amen. David just had to fall on his face and say, God, I have sinned. I'm a God. God, what was I thinking? And God began to forgive him. And God began to heal him. And God began to have mercy upon him. But David had to get honest with God. But God was already ready to touch David. The horrible, murderous, adulterous David just had to get on with God. God, I'm no good. God, I'm no good. Have mercy upon me. And God here today is ready to cleanse you from every error, every mistake, every lifestyle. Every problem, every habit, and every sinful pattern in your life, God is able to do it. Amen. I'd like for us just to take a few moments right now and just close our eyes. And I want us to lift up our hands and our voices. And I want us just to talk to the Lord just for a few moments. Come on, Jesus. I want you to talk to us once more this morning, God. God, I bind every spirit, God, that would come against this service. God, I pray, God, against every spirit of doubt, every spirit of fear, every spirit of unbelief today, God. I pray, God, that you would have your way right now in this service. I'm asking you, God, to touch every mind, touch every heart, touch every soul today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands and worship the Lord here this morning. Hallelujah. Someone shout hallelujah. Hallelujah.
One more time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God wants to forgive somebody today. He wants to bless somebody today. He's not reluctant. Amen. Your adversary has told you that God is reluctant. That God hesitates to welcome you back home. But it's a lie from hell. Amen. Hell has told you lie after lie. That you can't be forgiven. That you can't be restored. That God is reluctant. Amen. That your past outweighs your future. Hallelujah. But God stands ready. Not reluctant to, to touch somebody today. Hallelujah. God is ready. He's ready. He's ready. He's ready. His grace is greater than your disgrace. His glory is better than your embarrassment. And His Spirit is greater than your shame. And His blood is better than your mistakes. Amen. He outweighs all the bad and all the negative and all the turmoil and all the chaos and the distress in your life. He outweighs your past. He outweighs your anxiety. He outweighs your fears. Hallelujah. And this church, Abundant Life Center, and myself as your pastor, amen, the kind of people that we want in this church, amen, are the lost folks, are the folks that are hurting, are the folks that are messed up. We want the drug addicts. We want the divorced. We want the abandoned. We want the hurt. We want the up and out, the down and out, and everywhere in between. We want the black, the white, and every shade in between. We want the Spanish speaking, the English speaking, and every nation, every language on this earth. We want that kind of a church. It's the type of church, amen, that allows God to work in their lives. The kind of church that says, God, I need you. Work in my life. And God wants this church. Someone say, that's me. He wants this church to be like him. What do I mean by that? He wants you to get ready. Because he's ready to work in this city. He's ready to give the 100 soul revival in this church. He's ready to see this church expand and grow. And he's ready to see, amen, God use you to pray people through the Holy Ghost. He's ready to see you, amen, pray the prayer of faith over sick people. He's ready to see the wheelchairs, amen, be discarded in an altar. He's ready to see your family members come home. But you've got to get ready. We've got to get ready. And we've got to align with him and say, God, I'm ready just like you're ready. Let's go forward. Let's see revival happen in this church in my family let's see miracles signs and wonders hallelujah does anybody believe that this morning anybody believe that God can use your life he can use your family he can turn your life right side up where it was upside down he can fix amen your life's direction and the path that you're on today We've got to stop being reluctant. We've got to stop being reluctant. Amen. Like the devil wants us to believe God's reluctant. We've got to stop being reluctant to be committed to him. We've got to stop being reluctant to go down to an altar. We've got to stop being reluctant to say, yes, pastor, I'll do that ministry. We've got to stop being reluctant to say, I'll pay my tithe. We've got to stop being reluctant to come early for prayer. We've got to stop being reluctant to get involved in the kingdom of God. 
that we serve is ready. He stands ready. He stands ready. Whether you're ready or not, He's ready to work today in your life. Whether you have, amen, the right disposition or attitude or, or view of life or worldview, He is still ready to work in your life. He is still ready today. Even in spite of your unreadiness, and even in spite of your, un, your, your reluctance, He's ready. Hallelujah. And let's stand to our feet as we close. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand. Hallelujah. When we go into our prayer closet, we cannot have the concept, or when we come to an altar such as the one here this morning, we cannot have the concept that because of our behavior, because of our attitudes, because of our feelings, because of the way that we feel inside, because of our inward failures or outward failures, because of our shortcomings, because of other people's opinions, or because of fear of peers, amen, that God is reluctant, amen, God is not reluctant in spite of your attitude and your feelings and others' opinions about you and your situation, God is not reluctant today. But he stands ready on this Sunday morning to touch a life, to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. Amen. To remit someone's sins in the waters of baptism. None of us are worthy to approach God. You're never going to get good enough to say, okay, God, I feel like I'm at a good place in my life. Or now I can give my heart to you and I can follow you and I can, I can uh, pursue holiness and I can let go of things. And, but he counts us worthy. And I'm thankful for that. That even when I have messed up in my past and I've fallen short, I know that he's ready to forgive me. And I have that view of my heavenly father that he loves me. And he doesn't want me to stay where I'm at. Even if it's been despicable or, or it's been atrocious or my sin has just been repulsive. Amen. He stands ready to forgive. He stands ready to heal. The music plays softly this morning. The best of us and the worst of us still have to come by grace. We still need his blood upon our life. His name upon our life. His spirit upon our life. His forgiveness. On this Sunday morning, soon Sunday afternoon, you don't have to worry about Jesus being in a good mood this morning. Those of us, we, we, we get into different moods sometimes. And we feel like it at one time and we don't feel like it at another time. We're tired one day, we're up the next, and, and we're humans. But God... Is consistent. He's not in a bad mood this morning. He's not angry at you this morning. He's not disgusted at you this morning. He's not giving up on you this morning. Amen. He doesn't have bad days. He doesn't even have high days. Because every day with him is just awesome. He's an awesome God. He's a great God. But he's always looking to save somebody. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the earth, seeking somebody to show himself strong on their behalf. He stands ready. Amen. He's on the cusp of your miracle. Then he stands on the precipice of that miracle.
pinnacle. He stands and he says, is there anybody that needs my saving grace? Is there anybody that needs a blessing? Is there anybody that needs a healing today? Is there anybody that needs encouragement today? He's got no pleasure in people being lost. Amen. He wants you to be found. He wants you to be whole. He wants you to be holy and righteous. And he's ready on this Sunday morning to do that for someone in this house. He's ready right now. He's ready right now. Hallelujah. Would you lift your voice? Would you lift your voice right now just for a few moments? God is talking to somebody right now. Come on. Come on. This ain't a dead church. Come on. This ain't, this ain't a dead, dry church. Last I checked, this was an apostolic church. Jesus, I pray right now that you would talk to every heart and every life. Hallelujah. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I am going to invite you right now to come to this old-fashioned altar. If you say, God, I accept that you're ready. I may not be where I need to be. I may not have everything figured out, but I'll step forward in active obedience and trust in you. Amen. I invite you to come right now to this altar. The Bible says in Revelation, whosoever will let him come and drink of the waters of life freely. Psalms 86 and 5 says, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive. Ready to forgive, plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. I'm inviting some folks to come right now. God, in the name of Jesus, would you touch those of this altar, those that are coming, God. God, would you touch them? Would you move right now in somebody's life? I'm ready to commit all. I'm ready to submit my will. I'm ready to lay my life down on the altar of sacrifice. I'm ready to follow my men of God through hell or high water. I'm ready to go all the way with my brothers and sisters. I'm ready to take up my cross. I'm ready to be made whole. I'm ready for salvation. I'm ready for Jesus to kill me, to touch me. Come on. Come on. Come on in the name of Jesus.